Welcome to Data Points Podcast, focused on the importance of data in a 21st century world. We discuss data-centric topics, such as fundamentals of data management use, strategies for building buy-in within organizations, the crucial role that communities play in this important work, and so much more. My name is Lisa Twist, and I am the Curriculum and Instructional Developer for the GovX Academy. In this role, I support the designing and delivery of courses, workshops, webinars, and other types of trainings offered through GovX here at Johns Hopkins. Today, we're looking at how results from data collection can be used for a variety of performance needs. And we're joined today by Richard Williams, Enterprise Performance Management Lead at the City of Edmonton and GovX Academy Fellow. So thank you so much for being here today, Richard. Thank you. Yeah, so do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Yes, certainly. And um, as it relates to this work, I guess I I first became interested or involved with producing results when I worked for the British Statistical Agency, the Office for National Statistics. And I used to work in their economic accounts division and as well as the labor market division, largely producing results, um, often economic results, results about labor market statistics uh, run from surveys or other collection mechanism and producing results for other people to really use and digest. And then when I moved to Canada, I moved to Edmonton, Alberta. I joined the Alberta government where they were producing the first ever um, sort of suite of Alberta official statistics. They just started a a new statistical office. And I was very much involved with uh, producing results about about life in in the province, you know, trends over time or trends between geographical locations, just to see and to provide information to decision makers to to further enhance that, that, their ability and their understanding on on a range of issues. And then after that, after being very heavily involved in producing results, I got more interested in, in using results particularly as it came to using information for monitoring performance uh, of public programs and services. And I I did that for a number of years with uh, the Alberta government. And then I I found out about a project that the city of Edmonton were doing, introducing an enterprise performance management uh, process and um, program across their whole organization. And I was very interested and I I became involved there, uh, helping set up um, sort of a, a system for services and programs to 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 frame and report their results in a meaningful way to to better communicate their story through using numbers and using performance information with that that aim of becoming a more results-based city. So I've got a a large background in collecting results. I know some of the challenges. I've I've worked with different types of measurements, different types of data sources, and uh, I'm happy to sort of try and bring some of that um, advice and tips to to the session today. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Obviously, you mentioned performance management a lot in talking about your experiences. Can you describe what exactly you mean by performance management? Thank you. Yes. Well, I, I view performance management as really being comprised of two main areas. Like one is performance measurement and monitoring and uh, reporting on, on progress or trends. But that's just the monitoring and the measurement side of it. The management side of it is actually using that information, using those results to further enhance decision making to be sort of disciplined enough to, to routinely look at performance and try and bring that continuous improvement mindset to, to what you're doing. So enterprise or performance management is really the, the combination of collecting results and using the results. And I find sometimes in the public sector, there's a, a real emphasis on collecting results and you don't always see that emphasis on using results in a meaningful way. And so I think it's a, it's, it's a real great opportunity to bring up the importance of using results because if you're just collecting them and you're not using them in a, in a really meaningful way, uh, way to, to look for that continuous improvement and, and where things are 
are, are going aside from how you wish them to be. I think it's a real missed opportunity, particularly in the public service and in the public sector, uh, where this is a very important thing to, to, to be on top of and, and to monitor. Um, can you talk a little bit more about why this is important and, and why we should really care about this? Yes, well, I, I, I think for the, um, I, I sort of touched on, you know, the importance of performance management in the public sector. And I think that's, that's critical because of the, the sort of the principles of accountability and transparency. And I think that's what taxpayers are really looking for, like a government that can show them how they're using money um, to meet the needs and the direction and, and to, to reach the goals that the citizens want. And I also, and so I always think that the, you know, performance measurement and performance management is not going away. And so I tell people, well, if something's not going away, how can you make this more useful to you? How can you really use it to communicate and demonstrate your success and look good yourself? And I find a good way of doing this is by presenting a suite of information, a suite of statistics, a suite of indicators that can communicate your performance. And I like to present this using a, a results framework so you can see the effects support you and you can measure different areas of your service and the effect that you have on city life for example or on your clients directly or on the services that you're perhaps providing to clients or or maybe you're monitoring something else like your processes and your enabling processes how can you build the capacity in your team or whether you're looking at your resources these are all different parts of a story of a, a whole program or services performance and if you can join up and tell the story from your resources to how that impacts your processes to how that impacts your services to customers or clients, to how that has an impact on, on your city and, and life in your city. I think you have a really effective way, a really good way of framing your results and a really good way of communicating and telling your story um, in a way that's meaningful and is evidence-based and can help decision-making. Yeah, it definitely sounds like something that would be incredibly useful and meaningful. Can you talk a little bit about what is involved in this work? Well, I, I usually think a framework is a, is a you know, visual representation or sort of a, a layer to help communicate. And I think it's very useful because it can show the, the sort of the logical and expected cause and effect relationships going right from our resourcing right through to our, our impact on city life. And I think it's, it's good. And this work, what it, what it really involves is, is, is having an explicit articulation of the different type of results that you expect at each stage of the framework. And, you know, sometimes you may not have control, like, for example, in your resources that may be determined by the governors of your of your government or organization. But in terms of how you run the processes that you do and deliver those client services, they're very much inside the control of that organization. Um, and you should see the impact of those services on the on the effect on clients and on the effect on city life. And so it's a, it's a really good way of being able to frame and communicate and and I, and I like to use this approach because I think it's very straightforward. It's very logical. It uses five key stages to look at the work you perform and helps you frame your performance story. I, I sometimes found with some measurement techniques, and there are there are many different techniques out there, like logic modeling, for example, or balanced scorecards and strategy maps or results mapping. Um, that, that some some approaches are a little bit too focused on measuring outcomes, and 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 that can be really good. It can be really important to measure outcomes and measure your progress to your objectives. But the problem with measuring outcomes is that it just focuses on, say, the societal things like the city life, um, you know, what's actually happening in, in the city or in society. It may not be things that you can attribute directly to your services. So with measuring outcomes, you know, it's really good. You can tell, you can communicate the value of what you're doing. You can communicate to uh, citizens and the state of life in the city. But it's, uh, the, I guess, the downside of, of measuring objectives and outcomes is quite often, you know, it's, it's quite costly. Um, it's often backward looking. 
And so you're, you're focusing on performance in the past. And that can be really good, as I say, for communicating the value of what you do. But it may not help you very much when you're when you're looking operationally at your program and service and, and needing measurement to try and help you um, <clears throat> with more day-to-day -day, uh, uh, business as usual and navigating the operating landscape. And if I was to give sort of a, a modern day example to this, I often think it would be like if you're looking at using outcome measures for monitoring operations, then it's like driving your car down the highway at 100 miles an hour, just looking at your rear view mirror. You know, you're focusing, uh, what you need to do is focus on what's ahead of you, what's in front of you, and look out the front of your car. And also, hopefully, you have, you, have you have a dashboard to help you. You have things that can operationally tell you if you're going to be successful, like uh, your fuel indicator or the car temperature, if you're going to actually get to your destination successfully. So I think sometimes when measuring, you, you know, it's very important to look at those outcomes, but it's also very important if, you, if you're measuring things for operationally to be more forward-looking. Um, and so I think a results framework is very good because it starts to show you who you're measuring, what you're measuring, and who's the audience that you're trying to measure it for. For example, if you're measuring outcomes, that will be probably more for a citizen audience or for the governors of your organization um, or for senior leadership. If you're, if you're looking at operations, now that's really providing measurement and support for someone managing a service, managing a program directly, the, the supervisors, the directors, the managers. Now, how are we performing? Um, you, you tend to need more leading and more forward-thinking metrics and measures there. And so there's, I, I guess with the result framework, what I really like about it is it helps you identify the type of audience you're producing results for. It also can, can sort of frame the whole story and you can put these pieces together. You can develop it in a, in a segmented, compartmentalized way. You don't have to do everything at once. You can just focus on an area. Are we looking at our impact on our city? Well, let's focus on setting up measurement for, for that reporting. Or are we looking at our operations? Are we looking at you know, operation measures? Are we looking at measuring our processes or our projects? So it can really help define what you need to do and where you need to look to, to help measure for success. Yeah, thank you. That's such a great explanation. And I'm interested for those listeners who would like to start using this right right away. They're in a, in a position similar to yours. Uh, what would be some advice that you would have to them, either to convince others to use this framework or what would be your advice for first steps here? Well, I think I, I, if, I, if I was to focus on these five stages, I, I always like to start with the resources. And this may be things that you can't really um cause or uh, label as a performance measure because it may be outside of your control it may be you know the, the budget you have for your services or the, the number of full-time staff that you have or it may be maybe the systems that you have is you know it's, it's looking at your resources and i always think if you if you have a handle on on the budget for your service and the number of ftes you have that's a great that's two good performance um points or data performance data points that you can use to start communicating you know this is what we have to to sort of perform this service and so I would always start there with capturing the basic sort of data elements about, about what you have. Now, I don't call that a performance measure. I just call those data points. Um, and when it comes to, to using data and using results, I think people use results that are useful to use, and they don't use results that are not useful to use. And that sounds very obvious, but it's very critical when looking at what to, keep, what to use to communicate. Um, so you start with the sort of the basic performance points of your resourcing. And then you, then you go into your processes. And when you're looking at your processes, it's always very good to, um, and there's many areas you can look at, but it's always really good to, to look at three things, you know, the volume um, that's coming into your work area, and then the, the time it takes you to process that, the, the, the efficiency of the, the service you're currently providing. And, and if you're able to, to monitor the time and you look at the efficiency, 
um, you have you have two more great bits of information. And if you start capturing that consistently over time, and that consistently uh, is a very key part to this, you get to see whether there, there's you know movements up or down in how long it's taking you to perform these services. You might be able to have a performance conversation with your staff and identify bottlenecks and see what's going on. And so they look to improve the various stages of what you do and streamline and, and improve. So it's, it's very good to look at volume and efficiency. And sometimes you may be able to create a target for your efficiency. You know, we really like to do this in five days or this process should take two weeks. And you can set a target to that. So the team have something to work to and you can monitor how much of the time you actually meet that target. And if you're communicating to, to customers, you know, we have a 10 day service turnaround time or we have a five day or a 20 day and we meet this target 95% of the time. You know, it provides a certain level of comfort to those using the services when they're going to expect something back uh, from their inquiry or from the, the payment they've made for an application. So it's, I always think to, to start collecting, you know, performance points about your service, your resources, and then to look at your processes, um, to look at the volume and efficiency and the effectiveness. And what you can, you can also start doing then is, is combining some of this information, like say volume, if you're looking at the volume of inquiries coming in and the volume that you've actually processed, you can combine that with your FTEs and you can say how much of our output per FTE we're able to achieve. So if there is then a case of uh, requiring more FTEs, you can start to communicate the story of if we had more, we think it's going to influence our efficiency here um, by this amount and, and make the case. And so then you can start tracking that and you can, you can see if those extra resources, and this is over time, obviously, um, have actually made a difference in those metrics. So I see there's a great connection. And that's where I would always start is, is looking at, you know, your resources and your processes. Now, when it, when it also, when people have got there and it gets to that next stage, I always think a, a very useful thing to do is to look at your enabling processes and try and monitor and measure those as well. What I mean by that is, is you know, looking at the capacity of your team. What are you doing at your workplace? to further enable the capacity of your team to then deliver better processes to, to customers. That could be through training. It could be through like a compulsory training to get people up to, up to speed on how it works. It could be um, a mentorship program. It could be, could be something else that you're doing, but it could be very useful to monitor to show if you're developing that capacity. And so it was, uh, that sort of two-stage process, I think, is a very good starting point. You're looking at your resources. You're looking at your processes. And then to look at the services that you provide to your customers. And, and how do you go about measuring and monitoring the services that you provide to customers? Well, you either have to do that directly through talking to them in some sort of qualitative interview type approach, or you can use a survey mechanism to sort of gauge their opinion and, and their satisfaction with services and perhaps tease out some of the critical information about why they gave the results they gave. So that's, a, that's a, you know, to look at that component about, you know, we've got our resources, we're doing these processes, we're providing these customer services, and these are the satisfaction levels. and then. After getting to, to those stages and you're starting to look about at, at city life, I would say that's more sort of societal. That may be something that you don't control as a, as a manager or a supervisor of a service. But what is the impact of what we're doing actually having on, on city life? And quite often there'd be um, information available from regional or national statistical offices that can sort of talk about those societal indicators. And if you, if you align yourself to that story, it can really show you know, the reason why this service exists, like, you know, it can show that, you know, the demand for this service or the need for this service. And so you can start to, to then join that into your um, performance telling story and your, your use of numbers in terms of we have these resources, we do these processes, it provides these services to customers at this level. And this is the, the impact we think we're having on life in our, in our region or our city or uh, country.
So I, I really think that's the way to start it, um, is to you know, incrementally look at each area and try and think about what would be the audience for this information? Is it me as a manager or is it my supervisor or is it for citizens? Um, you know, how can we communicate what we have? Our, looking at our volume, looking at our efficiency, looking at our effective, effectiveness and looking at the impact we have on clients and customers and their satisfaction levels. And then in turn, the impact on, uh, that we have on, on life in our area. Yeah, thank you so much. Obviously, it's not as easy as the way that you can just explain it like that. So can you just talk uh, for a few minutes about why is this hard? Right. What what makes using the results framework uh, maybe challenging at times? Well, I think it, it, it is. It can be quite challenging. I think people get worried. They get worried when they, they become accountable for things. And so, with measurement, if they're not truly if they're not truly comfortable, they don't uh, with that measure, and they feel they have you know enough control over it. They, they'd be very uncomfortable, um, you know, setting a target to it and and being accountable for that performance. And so, for example, if you're if you're, if you're trying to use a measurement about city life and you're trying to put a target on it, I think that would make a lot of people very uncomfortable because there are so many things that are outside of your control. Say, for example, you're in charge of um, delivering recreation and sport programs, for, for example, in your municipality, <clears throat> and you're using a measure of you know, physical activity rates of youth or uh, you know, participation in recreation of adults as the measure for your, your, your service. Um, I think what those two measures would do when you're looking at the physical activity of youth or the, the participation of adults is give you a great result about what's happening in your area, like how involved people are, how active are youth, how active are our, our residents in your city. Um, but could you set a target to that? And I would say it'd be very hard to because it's it's so outside of your control. Like all these influences are what makes people participate in sport or youth take up activities or visit a, a recreation or sporting event or facility. There are so many things outside of your control that I don't think you could set a target to it with a true comfort level. And so I think that's why people often struggle with measurements. They're being asked to set targets to things that they really cannot set a target to, which are more, say they're more community level indicators or societal indicators. And so I think in those cases, and what I would encourage people to do is to sort of go back a step in the framework and not look at that sort of city life end focus, start to look at what they could control like maybe it is the satisfaction levels on their customers you, you may not be able to control everything there you may have customers that have had a real bad day that fill out the survey and they're negatively influenced and they're not going to give a response that's in isolation about your service but they've had a bad day and they you know they, they give a um, an unfair <clears throat> an unfair evaluation but for the most part you could control things to get connected with client satisfaction you could control, uh, control the, you know, the environment they go in to apply or the process they apply. So you could, you could set a target for something like that. Um, but even so, that may still be, that may still make people feel a little bit uncomfortable because it's not really, you know, they can't always control how their customers are feeling. If you provide a great service, but it's not the result the customer wants, you know, it can influence the evaluation unfairly. And so people may even struggle there to think about setting a target and being accountable. And so, again, I'd, I'd encourage you to bring it maybe a bit, a bit closer to home. Maybe it's on your processes that you can feel a comfort level with doing this. Um, you know, we, we want to achieve a certain service standard, um, a certain time frame, a certain efficiency in producing a service for a customer. That's something that we could stand behind. So perhaps you have performance measurements and using targets where you can control and you can significantly influence the result. And not set targets for areas that are more for communicating um, and more for telling so a story about the society or the, the municipality that you're in. Now, if I was to mention another thing about target setting, and I think 
um, but rather than people should be fearful of setting targets and using targets and results to, um, to monitor their performance, they should, they should really use targets to help set expectations because target setting is a really good way of setting expectations. And I think you can only set targets well after a, a period of maturity. So say, for example, you've already started looking at your, your resources and you're collecting information about your budget levels and your FTEs and the other resources you have. And then you're also, you know, you're collecting information about your processes, the efficiency, the effectiveness, um, the volumes that you have. You can use targets in a way to really help set expectations. And if you, you know, you're having a performance conversation and you're, you know, your turnaround time is, is to say provide a service or program within a five-day turnaround time, but then your resources gets cut in half. You know, it's going to be um, it's going to be very unfair to make that person maintain that original target. Um, if their resources for getting there are cut in half, but you can use that to, to manage expectations. And, and after uh, a period of collecting these results, you can say, we think the impact of reducing staffing levels here will mean that we have to um, increase our time for turnaround to customers. And so instead of our target being five, which we no longer think is achievable, we may have to make it 10. And so you can really help have, have these great conversations with, with about resourcing to set expectations um, and not use targets in a sort of a pejorative way that people people are doing something wrong. Um, but the, it, we're often encouraged in, in the performance measure worlds, you know, to not use targets in a in a pejorative way, but to use them in a in a way of you know this is what the expectation is, and then to use a status of, of whether you're achieving that, like a green or you know orange, we're in, we're, we're uh, diverting from the target, or a red, we're off target, to help communicate where you need extra support um, for a particular for a particular area. It could be, you know, going back to the original example I've been using about turnaround times, it could be that you um, that you really want to make an improvement there and you really want to decrease uh, turnaround times or provide certainty to customers. You can then identify how much resourcing you need. And so when you have these conversations, you can, you can set those expectations. This is what we need to at least perform this service to this level of standard. And then decision makers can say whether that's good enough or not and uh, adjust resourcing appropriately and accordingly. Great, thank you. So um, I guess what I'd like to do if, before we wrap up is, can you share one example of a success story where the results framework really gave you the results, you know, no pun intended, um, for what you were looking for? Um, yeah, so I've, I've used this technique, um, and I guess it's, a, it's sort of a hybrid of a, a few techniques that I've, that I've seen being used in my time. And I, I'd like to, I, I think that this is a bit more straightforward. It's, um, what I think with some measurement systems is they are too focused on outcomes, that they don't bring enough attention to the processes and projects that you're doing to tell that complete story. And I think with others, they're too focused on the processes and projects, and they're not telling the story about what they're actually achieving in life in their city. So I like this process or this, this results framework because it joins up sort of the practical operations with the direction and the outcomes and objectives with where you're going. And I've, I've had this success um, many times when when helping areas look at what they do, like what is it you want to measure? You need to first, you know, look at the audience, look at the type of measurement that's gonna, gonna be beneficial to you and really help get them, uh, help frame them so they know which path to take. And there's a there's a nice synergy between uh, a framework like this, a results framework, and the data sources that you can actually get information from. For example, if you're looking um, to, to produce statistics and measures about city life. And quite often, it's you know you have to go to a survey source or a, or a business survey, household survey, or, or administrative data that's being collected. But with, when it comes to your processes, there's 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 different data sources that you need to approach to try and collect information. Maybe it's a content management system, 
maybe it's information that you have uh, administrative information about your service so it's very <clears throat> i've always had success in, in using this to sort of help people identify where they where they wish to develop measures about which part of their service um to give a an example um of, of where i'm working now at the city of edmonton they've put a, a lot of work into developing uh, their strategic planning framework and so they have at the very top of their strategic planning framework to um, community level indicators that do report on the state of um, life in the city of Edmonton. And they don't set targets to, to indicators because they know it's a community effort to achieve the results, but it sets the direction and sets up the vision of where they, they hope uh, life can go. And then they, they have, uh, um, and they would label those performance indicators. And then they'd have performance measures and they'd have strategic performance measures looking at what are their key strategies to help move the needle towards those long-term vision and they'd have strategic measures with targets setting out the the planned path and the direction um, that the city is actually going to do the actionable things that that it can take to achieve or contribute to that longer-term vision and then beneath that they'd have they have measures that look at you know corporate uh, performance so they have corporate measures what are we, how are we progressing as a corporation? Something that we can talk about our performances at a corporate uh, perspective. And then within, within that or beneath that, you know, it's more specific service-based operational measures to see actually how, how are we doing? How are our processes and projects performing? Something that looks at the, the outcomes and what we've achieved in that rear view, backward looking uh, perspective. And something also that helps uh, be a bit more timely and help people look more forward looking performance and the operational landscape and helping navigate that and manage that. Again, thank you so much. Um, and thank you, Richard, for joining us today for this Data Points podcast. Um, do you have any final thoughts or any other notes that you would like to share with our listeners for today? Well, I've, I've seen um, I've seen some people develop measures and they take quite a, you know, a long time to develop the perfect measure. Um, and I always think there's a risk to that approach. And I think one of the, the, the tips that I've seen being successful is to start building something quickly and to start using it and to see if it actually is useful for you. Because if you develop a measure and you start using it, you quickly realize if it's gonna produce the information you're hoping for. Um, and if it does, that's great. If it doesn't, then it shows you need to find something else. And so if you're using a results framework and you're looking at the measures you have and you're putting them into the various parts of the, of the framework and you're seeing actually this this isn't good enough to really communicate what i was hoping to about this area um it can be it can double as a as a sort of a, an information gap mapping exercise and you could then see um you know what parts you are actually capturing and reporting on and what parts you're not and then you can then use that to help inform a data strategy you know you're identifying your data gaps looking at your data strategy looking at your resources can we take this further to measure it um it can it can really help in a multitude of multitude of ways um to not only communicate your results and tell your performance story, but as a, as a great planning tool um, about where we have good, strong information and where we perhaps have information gaps. And a really good way to, to also communicate that to, to management and leadership and further investigate whether you know, that type of uh, project or, or work measurement development is, is a useful thing. Yeah, that's great. And I would uh, recommend to our listeners, if you would like to learn more about Richard Williams and the uh, framework that he talked about today, uh, the results framework, you can go to govxacademy.jhu.edu and you can look for the webinar that Richard led. Richard, was that back in April, maybe? 
Yes, but Richard uh, was a GovX instructional fellow uh, for the past year, and he led a fantastic webinar um, back in April. And so again, if you go to the GovX Academy website, and if you search for creating a results framework to measure performance, um, you can watch the webinar that Richard led, and you can see some visuals to accompany the information that he shared with you today. Um, again, Richard, we thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you really, uh, we appreciate your expertise in this area, and we hope that our listeners can find you and learn more about you in the future.